Hello, everybody, and welcome inside the booth for our broadcast. My name is Corey Branson, and joining me today are Liz Wang, Nika Roselli, and Byron and Alan Wang of CITR Sports, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9, always keeping you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news, standings, and stories. So this was a week of ups and downs for the Thunderbirds as each team closed out 2019. Basketball secured a 4-0 sweep at home over Lethbridge. Men's volleyball cruised over the Golden Bears, not even dropping a set. While men's rugby got back on track after that crushing loss in the Canadian University Championship. On the other hand, hockey was humbled again by Alberta, failing to tally a single point across both teams while women's volleyball came up short twice more. We'll cover all of that, plus share with you an exclusive post-game interview with Keelan Filowich of the women's basketball team, conducted by our own Nico Roselli. Firstly, though, Nico has the rugby news. Awesome. So let's jump into rugby. The Thunderbirds were able to bounce back from their dramatic one-point loss in the Canadian University Rugby Championships. The Birds won a Premier League match against Vancouver Rowing Club 23-13 last Saturday at home. The win moves them to second place in the Premier League standings with a record of 7-0-1. UBC's two reserve squads also saw action earlier in the day. UBC's first match of the day saw their second reserve team, the Totems, trounce Vancouver Rowing Club 76-5. Yeah, and UBC's second match was also a lopsided victory as their first reserve team, um, the Braves, beat Vancouver Rowing Club by 50-20. Uh, to 20. Yeah, Thunderbirds completed the three-game sweep in their final match of the day with the varsity squad winning a tighter battle. This one was 23-13. to And UBC is now out of action until January the 18th when they take on Mariloma RC in another Premier League fixture. Yeah, you're going to see a big pattern in that. A lot of teams now finish for December. Just the basketball team has an exhibition match coming up. Men's basketball, that is. And speaking of basketball, we're going to talk about the two series that those teams had this weekend. Firstly, looking at the men's basketball team, they picked up consecutive wins number five and six over the weekend against the Lethbridge Pronghorns. The Thunderbirds had put on an offensive clinic recently, hitting 47% of their shots coming into the weekend, yet it was a strong effort on both ends of the court that led them to victory. Game one saw the Thunderbirds at their explosive apex, winning 109-86 to and recording their third consecutive triple-digit performance. In game two, defense prevailed as UBC won 88-80 while scoring below their season average. Yeah, Game 1 saw a trio of Thunderbirds lead the scoring charge, and um, that includes Jaden Clohey, Marin Clear, and Grant Adu all went for 20-plus on 50% shooting or better. Zach Moore letting rebounds with 7, while Grant Shepard was in a bit of a funk, only putting up 9 on the two field goals made, um, though he did manage to snag 3 steals. Yeah, the Pronghorns were carried by 50-year guard Kyle Peterson. He shot 8 for 12 and 5 for 7 from deep for 23 points while also throwing in 9 assists. He had 13 alone in the second quarter to pull Lethbridge within two at one point. Zachary Coleman-Brock, coming off the bench, was second in scoring. He put up 21, and he actually did pretty good. We'll give it to him. Yeah, he had uh, more points than any of the other starters outside of Peterson, so that was really amazing for him. Uh, the defense managed to clamp down on Peterson in the second half, though, and that allowed Coach Kevin Hansen to bring in a lot of his bench players. As such, in this one, no Thunderbird finish with fewer than 10 minutes played. Great opportunity for a lot of the young guys to get some experience. Yeah, and uh, together as a team, the Thunderbirds actually continued their trailed efficiency, knocking down 61% of their shots and 69% in the first half as they put up 57 
Yeah, game two, definitely a little bit scrappier, although the result didn't change. UBC did unfortunately lose their streak of 100-plus point performances, but a win is a win. No Thunderbird eclipsed 20 points, though Audu wrapped up a productive weekend by shooting 8 of 15 for 19 points. Jaden Cohey contributed as well, notching a double-double. He had 15 points and 10 assists. And going back to Peterson, he clawed his way to 17 points on only 4 of 14 shooting in the back-and-forth affair. Chad Oviat, hopefully I said that right, also had a double-double, coming virtue of 14 points and 12 rebounds. Yeah, UBC led by 21 in the fourth quarter. It looked like this one was out of reach. But at that point, fatigue started to show even as everyone again got at least 10 minutes of playtime. Lethbridge closed the game on a 16-1 to run to strike some fear into Thunderbird hearts. While in this one, UBC only shot 44%, so their season-long shooting percentage did drop a little bit. Yeah, but um, luckily the T-Birds did not get a much-needed break. They will return in January, tied second in Canada West at 8-2, and their first match will come January 3rd against the University of Fraser Valley Cascades. Yeah, one of the teams they're tied with in second place there is the Calgary Dinos, the only team that has beaten UBC so far this year. Uh, they're still 8-0 over there in Alberta. So hopefully we'll get a chance to enact our revenge on them later in the semester. Now looking at the women's team, it was also a couple of victories over the Pronghorns on home court, but there were a few more difficulties closing the deal. Game 1 saw the Thunderbirds get off to a slow start, forcing them to rally in order to pick up the 76-54 victory. Game 2, this was an ugly affair, evidenced by the 58-52, sorry, 58-55 final score. 58 is the fewest number of points UBC has scored in conference action this season. Still, they managed to hold strong in the final minute to take a five-game win streak into the winter break. In Game 1, it was the Pronghorns that held the first quarter lead. They scored 10 straight points to end the frame and led 23-17. to At that point, the Thunderbirds went full 2013 Nick Foles, scoring 27 points in the second quarter to only two for the Pronghorns as the momentum completely flipped. From then on, the scores by quarter were fairly even, while Lethbridge even won the fourth, but the damage had been done. A 27-2 to Second quarter. Yeah. Uh, insane. Our friend Jake McGrail, who unfortunately can't make the show today because he is writing an exam, was doing play-by-play for this game, and he sent us all a message in the middle of the game because he couldn't contain his excitement about this one. <laughs> that is completely ridiculous. Um, another night, though, another astronomical Keelan Filowich performance. She had a double-double with team highs of 23 points and 10 rebounds. Haley Council also had 17. Nice night for her. Jessica Hansen had 11 with 5 assists and 4 steals, while Madison Legault joined Filowich with 10 boards. Yeah, and um, add on that, we have to say that dear friend of the show, Madison Penn, returned to the action in this one as well. She only saw 10 minutes on the court, but she led all bench players with 7 points and 6 rebounds. And looking at the Pronghorns, it was Casey Bosch who had the most points. She and the rest of the team did, unfortunately, lack scoring efficiency. Her 17 points were nothing to scoff at, but they came through seven, makes for an exorbitant 17 attempts. Yeah. A 46% shooting night for the Thunderbirds compared to 36% for Lethbridge. That was their third best outing of the season in that category. But unfortunately, in Game 2, as we'll see, that stat did drop quite a bit. Yeah, um, coming to Game 2, that scoring touch was the losses. UBC only made 38% of their shots. Um, more alarmingly, the uh, teams remained on a deadlock throughout. Uh, Lethbridge led 44-40 to 40 heading to the 4th and were down by only 1 with less than 1 minute to play. Gabrielle Lagrida knocked down 2 free throws to increase the lead to 3. Kansas Long's potential tying 3-pointer actually fell short and UBC saved by this game of 13. Yeah, this one was actually a really good 4th quarter. Um, as we mentioned, they were down 44-40 coming 
coming in. They outscored Lethbridge 18-11, to but there was a lot of grit shown in this one, especially when the shots just weren't falling as much as they had been over the past few games. Yeah, definitely. And looking back to Filowicz, she didn't lose her knack at all for trading buckets as she put up 22 with 13 rebounds for another double-double. Jessica Hansen was the only other Thunderbird to hit the double digits with 11, while the rest of the Thunderbirds did struggle. Besides Hansen and Filowicz, the team shot 26% and made only 9 buckets. Yeah, not very good. But that's, what, the fourth double-double that we talked about in this blurb? Yeah. Talking about the men's and women's basketball teams? That's pretty crazy. Um... Talking about shooting, though, the Pronghorns, they were no better. They shot 28%. Uh, Bosch and Jessica Haney took the lion's share of the shots. They put up 15 and 13 points, respectively, but they each threw up 16 attempts. So, again, that shooting efficiency really hurting Lethbridge. They're getting a lot of shots off, though, at least. Yeah, talking again on the shooting efficiency, the UBC actually made a bevy of mistake in this game. Yet they emerged victorious um, now at 7-3. They sit number 4th on Canada West, and like the men, they will also return on the 3rd to take on the Cascades. It's also worth mentioning that they did take a lot of shots, but I was just at the game, and it seemed, I could be wrong on this, but it seems like UBC had a m- much taller team, as in the average height for our players was, I, I would say, a little bit more than yeah. the pronghorns. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that you're going to pull up from the perimeter and you're going to take shots. When they don't go in and when they don't fall, it starts to become a bit of an issue. So Yeah, exactly. They're playing like the Golden State Warriors, small all the time, except <laughs> exactly. they don't have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Right. I mean, neither do the Warriors right now, but that's another thing. Uh, next up, we do have an interview that I mentioned a little bit in the intro. Nico, you got a chance to sit down with Keelan Filowich right after the game. This is just a couple minutes, but we will let you folks listen to this. Nico Roselli, and you are listening to CITR Sports. I am joined now by Keelan Filowich, who just defeated Lethbridge for the series sweep. Keelan, how does it feel knowing that you have a five-game winning streak now? I think it's really good. I know uh, we kind of took a tumble in that uh, Calgary weekend, losing uh, both games, but to get back on our feet and kind of get momentum going into winter break is really big, and then just looking to build off of that in second semester. Definitely. And looking at your stat line, it's been unbelievable this year. What, what has been working for you in terms of basketball, in terms of, in terms of strength and conditioning? What's, what's the secret? Um, just working. Um, I tried to expand my game. I know last year it was kind of a lot of back-to-the-basket stuff, but just trying to play in different areas of the court. And I have amazing teammates feeding me the ball and creating for me, so sometimes it's really easy for me to, to get those stats. But, um, yeah. Speaking of amazing teammates, Maddie Penn just came back from injury. I believe it's her second game back. How big of a boost is it knowing that Maddie's back in the lineup? I believe she averaged a double-double last year. Yeah, it's huge having her back. She brings a lot to the team. She changes our look, being a bigger guard out on the perimeter. Um, great great scorer, lots of experience, and um, it was good to get these two games under her belt, and she can just build on that in December and come back stronger in second semester. We have a little bit of a break before our next game, but I believe it's against the Cascades. Looking at the history, we are, I think we won the last, last seven. Can we expect more come the new year? Yes, we can. We're just right now focusing on the now. That's been a big part of our season, just growth. And so come those, I think they're the first weekend in January, we should be ready and uh, looking better than we, we did these games. Thank you, Keelan, and best of luck in the second half of the season. Thank you. Again, thank you to Keelan Filowich and congratulations to the UBC women's basketball team on their victory against the Pronghorns. Just wanted to give a couple of quick thank yous as well. Big thank you to Maddie Penn for helping facilitate the interview 
and a thank you to Keelan for agreeing to taking part, for agreeing to take part in the interview. That was the first time I've ever done a post-game interview with any UBC varsity athlete, so I was really excited, and I look forward to doing a lot more in the future. All right, thank you for that, Nico. Next up, we are going to take a quick break for ads and PSAs here. So this will just be a couple minutes. We'll be right back after that with Liz covering volleyball. sponges. Climate change isn't quite as fun. Luckily, there are many easy ways for students to conserve energy. If chargers for cell phones, cameras, and laptops are left plugged in, they continue to draw electricity even when not connected to the device. This phantom load can be avoided by unplugging electronics and chargers after use. A more convenient option is to hook electronics up to a power bar, which can be switched off after use. More energy-saving tips go to WD. Would you like to get updates on your smartphone in an emergency, even if a cell tower is down? It is possible if the FM chip is activated in your phone. Visit freeradioonmyphone.ca to see how you can get involved by contacting your carrier and signing our petition. Welcome back to CRTR Sports, and uh, here we are talking about a little bit about volleyball. And um, uh, in terms of men's volleyball, it's another week, another three, uh, sweep um, for the men's volleyball team. The UBC Thunderbirds traveled to Alberta last week to compete with the number five ranked Alberta Golden Bears. They finished the weekend with six three sets, completed back-to-back series with two three-to-zero games. After that, the UBC men's volleyball team extended their winning streak to eight games and currently ranked number three in Canada West. Yeah, Friday's game we'll look at first. This saw a consistent attacking performance from the T-Birds lineup groups. Matt Neves contributed 10 kills, followed by Michael Dauhaniak, no surprise there, who apparently was in a good condition, contributing 8 kills, 2 aces, and 2 digs. Colton Liu also had 7 kills and 2 blocks. And middle blocker Jared Murray also had an excellent game on Friday. He led the whole team with 7 blocks and 2 aces. Yeah, and uh, together, the Thunderbirds outserved the Golden Bears with seven aces compared to their two aces. They also mastered the match with a clear execution of the claim plan, resulting in a slightly higher hidden percentage 0.373 compared to the opponent's 0.235. And on Saturday's game, the Thunderbirds maintained their dominance on the courts. They finished the match 25-23, 25-20, and 25-22 with a hidden percentage 0.250 over the Golden Bears 0-34. Yeah, the birds outshoot every single statistic over the Golden Bears, especially on aces. Together, they got nine aces in comparison to the opponent's zero. This also proved the strong defensive line on the T-Birds team. This has been a consistent trend for the Thunderbirds over the past few volleyball games. They almost always out-ace the opponent, um, especially with people like Colton Liu out there who's been getting a lot of aces consistently. It's a really nice statistic to see because that, you know, free points, obviously. And it makes life easier. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Saturday's game highlight goes to Colton Liu. We were just talking about him. He contributed 11 kills, 6 aces, 2 blocks, 1 assist, and 3 digs. He's followed by Tohaniak and Murray, who have 7 kills each on the court. 
Yeah, and I'm um, talking about women's side. Different to the glory, glorious weekend the men's team just had, the women's volleyball team actually had suffered some bad times over the last weekend's game series. The loss to the Alberta Panthers on both games with 1-2-3 and 0-3 extended their losing streak to three games. They are currently ranked number 7th in Canada West. The UBC Thunderbirds had an overall better performance in terms of statistics than the Alberta Golden Pandas in Friday's game. However, when it came to the execution of the game, the birds are just slightly off track. Their hitting percentage of .236 was just a little under their opponent's .238. Not obviously a significant margin there, but it's a bit scrappy. Yeah, and I'm uh, talking about the highlight on UBC's team. Um, it's Gabby Ratia, who led the whole team with 16 kills, 4 aces, 2 assists, and 9 digs, followed by Jaden Robertson with 10 kills, 1 ace, and 4 blocks, and Brian Passon with 10 kills and 12 digs. And now looking at Saturday's game, Saturday's game was even a harder game for the Thunderbirds. The Thunderbirds were defeated in three sets, 15 to 25, 21 to 25, and 20 to 25. Overall, they were beaten by the Pandas in kills, aces, assists, and especially blocks. The Birds had only three blocks collectively, whereas the Pandas had 14. A warning sign for the Thunderbirds defensive line, you would think. Yeah, the birds also dropped their hitting percentage. That went down to 0.70, which is mm, relatively that's, low. That's not good. Quite low, actually, compared to the pandas 2.96. Gabby Atea continued to roll the, rule the court on the T-Birds side. She contributed 11 kills, 2 blocks, and 8 digs, followed by Bryn Passion with 11 kills. Yeah, unfortunately, both the men's team and the female team is going to have a winter break until they come back on January 10th, going on a series of away games to compete with McGiven Griffins in Edmonton. Yeah, it's it's really interesting now we're going into the winter break for the women's volleyball team. Mm -hmm. um, they are the defending national champions. Uh, but last year, it wasn't like they came in as the number one seed in that tournament. Right. There was Their regular season wasn't stellar by any stretch. So it'll be interesting to see if this is just, oh, another sort of um, glitch yeah. on the path to success again, or if this is actually some more wholesale issues that are permeating I mean, you, you through the think, team. So you think it's just a little bump in the road. Yeah. Right. But you, you would assume based on the track record, but based on the way that they've been playing. I remember watching their game against uh, Mount Royal a few weeks back, and they, 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 they got handed that loss quite... <laughs> Yeah, Very quite remarkably. Like, yeah. that that was not a close game. It wasn't like they were on an off game. They were beaten across all phases of right. the match. So, well, it'll be interesting to see. We'll talk a little bit. We'll do in our next show a semester in review, and we can dive a little bit deeper into, you know, what may be going wrong with the women's volleyball team. But before that, we're going to talk about a couple other teams that have some things going wrong. Nico, um, you have some hockey updates for us. I do, and we're, we're just talking about bumps in the road and maybe getting off track. The world of hockey isn't really a pleasant one right now, but uh, we'll look at it. We'll talk about it. We knew that both UBC teams had a tough matchup ahead of them last weekend as they took on, Al took on Alberta. For the second time in as many weeks, UBC failed to record a victory on both the men's and women's side. The men had trouble keeping the puck out of their own net, losing game one by a score of five to three and game two by a score of five to one. Actually, the opposite scenario happened for the women. They struggled to light the lamp, being shut out in both games by scores of 1-0 and 3-0. Alberta seems to have UBC's number as both teams lost earlier in the year to Alberta to kick off Canada West play. The losses mean that UBC must now take a four-game losing streak into winter break, with the men sitting in seventh in Canada West standings and the women now sitting in fourth. 
Yeah, that's not exactly what you want to come home to for the holidays, but so it goes. If we look at Game 1 for the men, it was clear that Alberta came out firing on all cylinders, something to be expected from a team that had only lost once uh, since October 19th. That was just before their last series with UBC. Yeah, and uh, looking deeper to Game 1, the first period actually thought Alberta all through UBC 15-3, en route to Australian UBC 42-16. That's um, a big gap out there. And despite that, they only managed to put up one goal in the first courtesy of Grayson Palinchuk, one of the leaders in Canada West in point production. That includes 16GP, 11G, uh, 10A, 21PDS. UBC got some puck luck late in the period as Ryan Rehill scored an own goal to tie the game with credit being given to Jared Smith. So, I mean, they had a little bit of puck luck to help them out, but you're going to need a lot more than just one own goal. You need to start playing well if you want to beat Alberta because we know that they have a good good lineup through and through. Same thing with the women's side. For sure. And that puck luck ran out when it came to the second period. This oh, was yes, ultimately the, the one that sealed the UBC's fate. Alberta notched three goals in three minutes towards the end of the frame. It was a power play goal from Stephen Orr that got things started, followed by two quick tallies from Cole Sanford and Trevor Cox. Yeah, and I, in this case, UBC now faced a very daunting task before being down fourth one heading to the third and would have to try and solve Brendan Duke, um, who is also an Arizona draft pick, um, who was actually perfect on the year, though they did put though they did pot two thanks to Austin Verrill and Jonathan Smart, they ultimately fell short and Brooke Kip beats his perfect record on the season. Fun fact, Brendan Burke was drafted in 2013, I want to say, by the then Phoenix Coyotes. Ah. Yes. So not the Arizona Coyotes. They were the Phoenix Coyotes at the time. And I think his dad was also a goaltender for them back in the day. Sean Burke, I want to say. But So he's pretty good. Yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's pretty good. I think... I want to say that that win puts him to 8-0-0 now. So, yes. Yeah, I'll <laughs> um, take it. If we take a look at UBC's scoring since the Lethbridge series and accounting for the own goal, let's say that that own goal isn't really a goal. We'll, we'll look at the last four games. They have one goal four, one goal four, two goals four, one goal four. That's not good. No. You need to score a lot more than that if you want to do well. No, no, no. And then looking ahead at Game 2, they only had 11 forwards in the lineup, just like in Game 1. And UBC again struggled to keep up with Alberta as they would be heavily outshot, this time 41-23. to Yeah, the first period saw Ryland Toth keep his team in the game, stopping all nine shots that Alberta threw at him. He would ultimately stop 36 shots on the day in total. Not half bad. Not that bad. But, but. they're just getting bombarded in front of the net. Yeah, and now uh, with the power that Alberta possessed, it was going to be hard to keep them off the score sheet forever. Um, and they did um, their manage damage in the second and third periods, just 25 seconds into the second. Cole Stanford would find the back of the net off a UBC turnover, resulting in a breakaway. Yeah, Curtis Miskey would add to the lead at the 15-minute mark of the period, and Alberta would take their two-goal lead into the second intermission. UBC would manage to cut the lead to one at the 4.55 mark, thanks to Austin Glover, but it was as close as they would get. It was. Curtis Miski would add his second goal of the game on the power play, and Chad Butcher would score an empty netter, followed by Nolan Vulcan just 30 seconds later. That was all she wrote for the Thunderbirds. Yeah, the break, this winter break, couldn't have come at a better time for UBC. They'll finally have some time to heal up and will most likely get Maxwell James and Quinn Benjafield back, as well as adding some new defensemen, one of them being Jared Tiska, former Seattle Thunderbird and a Montreal draft pick. Former fifth-round pick in 2017, I want to say. Yeah, so hopefully some good times ahead for this men's team. I hope so. Um, we'll jump into the women's now. Women's, game one was um, 
a bit of a tight defensive affair that ultimately ended in a defeat for the Thunderbirds when Alberta managed to get the lone goal of the game at the beginning of the third period. There were 40 minutes of scoreless hockey in game one. Yeah, um, the goaltender Tori McLash was her usual self, only allowing one goal on the 22 shots she faced, and she would have had a lead to work with had Tiffany True found the net and not the crossbender um, the first period. Yeah, I feel bad for Tori in this one. Yeah. You know, a, a, a weekend where you go without scoring a single goal and you have one of the best goaltenders in the conference, in the country, uh, that's, that's just <laughs> rough for It her. actually goes a little bit further back than a, a weekend, but we'll touch on that later. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alberta's best chance came in the second when they had a lengthy five on three power play, but UBC was up to the task and the game remained tied heading into the third. And in the third, it took Alberta just one minute and 35 seconds to finally break the deadlock when Lisa Lloyd scored to take the lead. Alex Poznikov with the primary assist keeps on adding to her point totals as she now leads Canada West in points and assists. She now sits at 8 goals, 13 assists, 21 points, and only 16 games played. I think it was Alex Poznikov that really took it to the Thunderbirds in their opening series in Canada West play when they lost. I think it was 7-1. to 7-1 one. Seven, one and 7 nothing or yeah, something like Poznikov that. Yeah, Poznikov went off in that series too, so no surprise to see her go off again. Yeah, UBC was not able to muster up anything else for the rest of the game, only throwing four shots on the Alberta goal. The end of the game, 0 for 4 on the power play, but we're 5 for 5 on the penalty kill, so special teams has not completely abandoned them, it sounds like. Right. Yeah, and coming to game two, the game two was actually UBC's inaugural Winter Thunderland game, and I actually went there, um, and I see they actually did everything they could to try to earn the series split. Unfortunately, Alberta had other ideas and spoiled the fun taking game two and the series sweep by the score of 3 to 0. Alberta was not going to stay quiet on their power play forever, and their 0-for-5 stat from last game was quickly forgotten when they struck twice on the power play with goals coming from Autumn McDougall. Yeah, UBC's best chance came on a mad scramble in the crease in the third period, but it ultimately led to nothing, and good old Poznikov would seal the win with her own empty net goal. Multi-point performances in this game came from McDougall, Poznikov, and Kale Dillon. Get this. Poznikov and McDougal now sit 1-2 and two in overall points. McDougal now sits first in goals, and Poznikov and Dillon sit 1-2 and two in assists in Canada West. So, when you have leaders in all of those stats, it makes sense that they're considered a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, UBC has now been shot out in three consecutive games and only managed to score one goal of the game before the streak began in a 2-2-1 overtime loss game on Real. Despite the loss, Winter Thunderland was a great success and we all look forward to it coming around again soon. And then both the men and the women will take the winter break to reset and they'll have to prepare, prepare for UFC as soon as they come back. So when we're looking at this women's hockey team, I mean, they've played a couple series against Alberta who are powerhouses, as we've said time and time again. So is their record now, which is less than stellar, is this reflective of the opponents they've played or is it reflective more of a, a lack of production from them? Well, you have to think that when you look at the women's hockey team, they're, they are a good team and you would expect them to do well. But the last couple of series, I think they took on Mount Royal and then they took on Alberta, both good teams. You would, you would expect it to be tight affairs. But the stat that really jumped out to me, just you know, looking at it from... Uh, from an outsider's perspective, when you have three consecutive games where you don't score a goal, and before those three games, you have one goal for and the 2-1 overtime loss, when goal scoring starts to shrivel up, you can only rely on Tori so much. Miklash is doing her part. She's doing everything she can. 
But when goal scoring's not there, it's going to be tough no matter who you are, right? So yeah. you, you would expect them to bounce back because they have the talent. They have, uh, they have the team to do it. You've, that UFC series for the men and for the women is going to be really telling because you're coming off of a break. Now you, you know that you have four games lost in a row in the back of your head. You want to start off strong. You want to get back on the right track. Yeah. No, I think going back to the goal scoring thing, you can't expect to win every game 0-0 and then in a shootout. Right. right? That's, that's impossible. Well, at the same time, if you have Tori McClash in that. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Well, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> it's just, it makes it harder. Maybe it'll happen once or twice. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, Liz, do you want to run over what is coming up for us in the future? Yes. Um, looking at um, the rest of the season for the Thunderbirds in terms of 2019, um, actually only men's basketball team will have an exhibition match against the Seattle Mountaineers on the 14th. Otherwise, the other teams are having a very well, very well winter break. Also, um, in next week's episodes, the, which is the last of 2019, there will be a sem- semester in review brought to you by Corey, I think. Yes, me. I'll be there. Jake will be there. Nico will be there. Mm-hmm. We'll all be talking about this. We're excited for that. Probably revisit the uh, predictions that we made at the beginning of the year. Yes. Yes. Right. So do a bit more of that. Um, yeah, we'll also be looking at... We'll also be looking at how big of a mistake that I made saying that we may have, I think it was the men's hockey maybe taking it all the way. Did I, I want to say that was a prediction? <laughs> <laughs> that was, um, that was adventurous. Yeah. yeah. I made, I want to say it was men's hockey, but there was one, one sports team that I said they could go all the way, maybe Canada West and Nationals. Looking back on it now, hopefully I said soccer. <laughs> <laughs> we can hope. Yeah. And when we come back in January, of course, we'll have a lot more sports to cover. Uh, sports that we haven't talked about for a while. Right. Golf will be coming back after a long break, cross country, things like that. Also, a quick note. I know that classes are done now. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, classes are done for UBC. Fantastic. So that means that it is final exam season. For everybody that's doing final exams, if you're listening, you're going to be fine. We wish you all the best. We wish you good luck. Know that it's going to be worth it as soon as winter break hits. You can go and celebrate the holidays. That was so heartwarming. I know. <laughs> and with that, thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbird's news, standings, and stories is to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at CITR Sports. Next up on CITR is Rocket from Russia at 10 a.m. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Corey, Liz, and Nico. Byron and Alan Wang are with us in the studio as well today. We also had some contributions from Ben Nelson. Listen Thursdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. on CITR Radio or check us out on iTunes at Thunderbird Eye. Thank you for tuning in and have a wonderful day.